Damn, I have already closed Audacity. You don't even don't even fuck with Audacity. Kick your feet up and relax. Let me let me pamper you. You know what I'm saying? Like I've never experienced this before. Yeah. Let me run my fingers through your hair. What did you have for dinner tonight? I had, believe it or not, cauliflower rice and some chicken, kind of like a stir fry thing. That sounds good. Jason, what'd you have? (laughs) I was actually directing that to him because he was talking about how he dropped out of five. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So I thought you were. (laughs) I'll answer Christina's question, but then I'll, I'll, I'll. I will respond with another question. Pizza. <laughs> Which pregnant person in this room decided it would be a good idea to order pizza Which tonight? pregnant person is not in a weight loss challenge? Mm-hmm. So I got browbeat into eating a couple. You I did not get browbeat by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> Let me tell you what, it doesn't get any easier once the kid is here because I, I, I blame them for a lot of my weight gain because they waste food and I, I'm like the cleanup crew. I come behind everybody and I pick off everyone's plate. Yeah, you can't let that shit get thrown away. I feel you, but you know what? I ate a few slices of pizza, put the rest of it in the fridge. I I, I, I observe portion control, if nothing else. I observe good portion control. And he didn't follow it up with the ice cream that I had. Yeah, so... Little victories. Thank you. Thank you for uh, telling him that I did not have any dessert. I practiced my portion control. That's that. You know what? Let's just get into the show. <laughs> Welcome to the Slimmer Circle, Slimmer People. I'm your host, Jason Almy. I'm joined by my co-host and really the expert of this whole thing, Christina Almy. Christina has a master's degree in uh, nutrition and exercise sciences. She is a registered licensed dietitian, a nutritionist with the academy, and that's that's uh, actually kind of a hard thing to accomplish, honestly. So uh, if you're out there like shaking your head like that's no big deal, it is a big deal. It's hard. I know because I'm in school at the University of New Hampshire also trying to get a nutrition science master's degree, also going to go through all of the uh, rigorous internships and testing that Christina had to go through in order to get her shit. I'm going to go get my shit, and we're just going to run this place like the mob. Tonight joining us is our own Lunchbox, the host of Hashtag No Offense Show, Chris Wetzke. What's up, buddy? What's going on, brother? Get those lunchboxes in while you can, man, because I'm about to turn into the thermos. Yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be like a nice sleek kind of lunchbox. You know, you're not gonna be like a big round one, a gross, dirty one that smells on the inside. You're gonna be like a nice brand new, like state of the art. Like what do they call those ones that the bodybuilders use, hon? It was like the six pack. It's like the six pack bags or whatever. It's like the Special lunch boxes for bodybuilders. I know what you're talking about, but I have no idea what they're called. Yeah, everybody listening to this, they're go huge. Google that. Special special lunch boxes for bodybuilders. But we're welcoming Chris onto the show because we love him more than anyone else. Thanks for having me, buddy. Yeah, I mean, we, we love you being here. Also, he asked the question that we're going to be covering today. Also, you were number one on our uh, Slimmer Circle Weight Loss mm. Leaderboard, weren't you? I was. I was. Good you're, job, Chris. You're cleaning shit up, dog. You know what? The first couple of days were absolutely miserable, and I was I was cursing everybody for putting me through this. But I think by Thursday, I turned the corner, and I've I've felt since then I felt as good as I've felt in years. I mean, this is this has been great. That's fantastic. I'm really 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 happy to to hear that. So uh, I've mentioned the leaderboard. Let's get into. 
let's get into the leaderboard. Leaderboard, leaderboard, leaderboard. <laughs> leaderboard, leaderboard, leaderboard. <laughs> it's my table. <laughs> and this one is my table. I bought and paid for it. Um, so this leaderboard is brought to you by Almy B. Well, private nutrition and dietetics practice. They've got a bunch of specialties, including weight loss, maybe even weight gain if you're underweight, but weight loss feels pretty relevant tonight. Uh, diabetes management, if you're diabetic like me, pre and post-op bariatric surgery. Uh, so those are some of their specialties. You might be tempted to Google some stuff like how to lose weight or how to manage your diabetes, but uh, there's just a lot of crap on the internet and that's me being very nice. There's just a lot of stuff and it's hard to know who to trust. So I have to recommend that if you do have a legitimate medical condition, Crohn's, diabetes, heart disease, if you're on prescription meds, you can't just take advice from some fitness guru on Instagram. You just, you're rolling the dice that they're going to not mess with your thyroid meds or your cardiac meds, and you're going to have you retaining water and edema. So bad advice can be a waste of time in the best case, but but in the worst case, it could actually be hazardous to your health. So I, I just want to uh, encourage everybody that if you have legit medical nutrition questions, go to almybewell.com or email Christina with a C-H, Christina at almybewell.com to learn more. Almybewell, I understand, is also running a special. Isn't that right, Christina? That's correct. Yeah. We're doing like a weight loss special to help people yeah. out. We're doing six virtual telehealth sessions. That's very mm-hmm. modern. It's very mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. We're doing... Uh, a couple of journal uh, double checks and a meal plan. So the meal plan can be a good way to get, you know, kick things off. And then the journal checks are a good way to kind of tweak that as you go and uh, make sure you're eating healthy food that you're not just getting slim and losing weight, but you're doing it in like a healthful manner. Mm-hmm. And I'm off my soapbox on that leaderboard. We already know Chris here, lunchbox, the real Watsky, the host of the hashtag no offense show. How many pounds are you down, bro? Uh, as of Sunday on the way in, it was 11. It was minus 11.8. I think he shaved a 0.8 off of there. According to Riles Trudy over here, <laughs> he's got you at minus 11.8 pounds. Uh, in the second place spot, we got Riley Trudell with minus 7.5 pounds. Joe B with a minus 7.2. Jay mm-hmm. from Tampa minus six. And Adam rounds out the top five, bumping me out with a minus 4.2 pounds. Congratulations job, to you five. Everyone. Honestly, all jokes aside, fantastic work. Yeah, it's it's great. The weight loss efforts are fantastic. I'm not surprised Chris is in the lead. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I mean, look, you have an advantage. You have a little bit more to lose than the rest of everybody. But good work nonetheless. We want you to stick around for like many more decades to come, Lunchbox. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. We we talked about that on our most recent a little bit. You know, it's kind of um, the motivation a little bit is to, I mean, the family, you know, I play with the yeah. kids and winded and, you know, I want to be there for them as they get older. And I mean, not to be mm-hmm. super sappy, but I mean, you know, now's as good a time as any. Indeed. You don't want to wait too long. And your scale does the percent body fat as well. It uses a bioelectrical impedance method, I believe. I was just going to say, I have no clue how standing on the scale measures as much as it does. Yeah. I mean, it tells me a lot. Yeah. So the uh, bioelectrical impedance method is used for those scales where you stand on it. And it, it also gives you not only your weight, but it, it'll tell you your percent body fat as well. It yeah. has, does it have like a little metal, like little metal foot pads for you to stand on? Yeah. Like you're supposed to like stand that. on the little metal part. Yeah. 
So these these devices, they're actually pretty common. Um, they make some handheld ones too. Uh, the one we've got here uses the same technology, but it's handheld. Mm-hmm. And so those little doohickeys use what's called a bioelectrical impedance method. Everybody out there listening, write that down. Google that. <laughs> bioelectrical impedance um, sends an electric pulse through your body. That's why you have to make contact with those metal pads. It's really weak. Obviously, you don't feel it. Of course, water, as we know, is highly conductive of electricity. It's filled with those electrolytes that dissolve in there and conducts electricity very well. Fat tissue is very, very uh, low. It's very uh, low water. There's not, it's not very aqueous tissue. So uh, the, the electrical pulse moves more slowly through the fat tissue than it does through tissue such as muscle tissue or organ tissue. It's going to move a lot quicker through. So these devices have like, um, they have like a proprietary algorithm like Omron or whatever comes up with. And then by standing on this device, it shoots this little pulse through you. It takes a few seconds, five or 10 seconds or whatever. And then it tells you your body fat. And they're typically pretty okay as far as like accuracy and everything goes. They're not as good as like a DEXA scan. What's mm-hmm. the gold standard, hon, for for like a body fat uh, technology? Dexa. So DEXA. Yeah. So DEXA is a good way of, of doing that. But it's a lot harder for people to get their hands on a DEXA but scan. But it's good enough. If you yeah. use it under the same circumstances, it'll give you a good trend. Yeah. So like you should... You should use it when you're hydrated, don't have coffee, don't exercise. Just do it first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. have some water, and then then do it. I've been drinking my water first thing in the morning because I listened to episode one. <laughs> yeah, did Christina say something about drinking a lot of water? That's her thing. She's the water, water queen. I'm trying. I'm trying to be the water champ myself. I've been I've been doing a lot of a lot of hydration, pushing those fluids. Yeah, that alone should make you feel better. Yeah. If you weren't if you weren't consistently hydrated. That can make you feel kind of crappy. So yeah. hydration is huge. And especially if you lost a lot of weight really fast, some of that might have been water weight, which can result in dehydrating you. So drink yeah. up. You asked a question, and that question was... I asked a lot of them, which one are we talking? <laughs> <laughs> you have a monster energy drink addiction, don't you? Oh, past tense, had with a D. Had with a D? You've kicked the energy drink? I think that's why last week the first three days were so miserable. Yeah. So like I turned the corner come like Thursday. So it was like, I, I switched to, to black coffee, which I haven't ever really drank before. And I, I kind of find disgusting, but I'm powering through it. Uh-huh. Um, and then I, I, I did the cold brew black coffee at the, uh, uh, advice of Joby on Friday. And I seriously was like flying. Like I, I felt like this w- must be what cocaine is like. I heard that episode. So listeners, if you haven't yet and you're curious about what he's talking about, go check out the latest hashtag no offense show. No ants in the butthole. No ants in the butthole. The famous episode. So uh, I saw that picture. <laughs> you were flying high. You were definitely flying high. I got to recommend if you like energetic podcasts, people, that's the one to listen to. Yeah, because I don't know if I could replicate it. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I used to. I used to be heavily dependent on on monsters, usually one to two every every day, every day and a half, maybe every one to two days. Uh, not an everyday thing, but you know, pretty regularly to where maybe six to eight a week. And definitely on a Friday night when you were recording, right? I mean, that was a, a big part of your recording ritual was to make sure you had that energy. Yes. Yeah. I would usually drink one about two hours before the show, a second one maybe 30 minutes before the show and just ride that out. Yeah. So Christina, 
I want to throw you the first question as we we kind of break apart Chris's love and former addiction of caffeine. Do you feel like Chris has made a good swap to go from monster energy drinks to coffee in general? I do. You do? I do think that's a good swap. Would you like to expound upon that by maybe why you think that's a, a beneficial swap for him to make? Uh, I don't I don't mean to put you on the spot, but you are a, the nutrition expert. Was it a were you drinking it with sugar? Was it like full calorie too? No, the like the zero sugar, zero whatever. So I thought I was doing good by by drinking the zero calorie and zero sugar and all that. And everybody that I talked to was like, you got to stop. You got to stop. But nobody really could tell me why. They just would say that they're bad for you. Yeah. That sounds a lot like the general nutrition advice that I was kind of warning people about at the beginning of the episode with regard to you'll read things on the internet and people will say, Diet Coke is bad for you. Monster energy drinks are bad for you. Vaccines are bad for you. But when you mm-hmm. really press somebody as to like why, like what is it about this beverage that makes it bad for you? That's where you get different answers, vague answers. There's not a lot of consistency here. And that's why actually when you asked that question, I thought, you know, we can clear some things up for some of the people who are participating in this weight loss challenge, in the slimmer circle weight loss challenge, and and hopefully allow them to make some healthy choices. So Christina. Um, well, I can expand on the first one. Oh, do you do you want to go back and expand on the I first can, one? I can. Fantastic. So Let's do that. I can share the thoughts that come up for me. Yeah. Um, so A, it's super good that you were doing no calorie. So that was that was good because that can add a lot of calories. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't know off the top of my head how many calories are in each can. Do you know? A couple hundred. Yeah, I think he's right. It's it's probably in the 200 to 250 range. Um, And so generally considered to be safe is about 300 milligrams of caffeine a day. So especially if you were knocking back, you know, one and a half, that might be a little bit of a lot of caffeine. Mm-hmm. Um, but so if you compare that to like a cup of coffee, um, just the makeup, the chemical makeup of those drinks, coffee actually has been extensively studied and it actually has some health benefits like antioxidants and um, some other compounds in it that actually are somewhat healthy for folks, again, in moderation. But um, And so those energy drinks just tend to have a lot of other crap in there that typically isn't going to lend to any health benefits. But them being quote-unquote terrible for you, I don't know that research supports that they're terrible for you. Mm -hmm. They're just another processed beverage that Mm -hmm. likely isn't adding much, you know, um, benefit. Yeah. But I don't think they're the devil. That was my second uh, question to Jason, too, was I was like, it's well-documented your love affair with Diet Coke. Yes. always, I mean, that's another one. That's like another old wives tale or internet myth that, you know, it's diet soda isn't actually like diet. Like it does something to where it tricks your body into Mm -hmm. thinking you're getting sugar when you're not. And then you, you actually retain fat and they're, they're counterproductive. And I'm like, well, if that's the case, then why is Mr. Nutrition addicted to diet Coke? So I'm like, let's, let's get to the bottom of this and debunk some things to get to the bottom of this shit. I love those statements. They're so not founded in research. Yeah. and so I, that's another reason why this topic is fascinating to me. So you mentioned my, my love for Diet Coke. Um, you might even call it a Diet Coke addiction. Uh, to back up on caffeine, it is considered a drug. Um, it has psychoactive effects. It's, it's like any other drug. It's found naturally occurring in um, certain plants, chiefly tea and uh, tea leaves and, and 
coffee beans. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where most of it comes from, and it's often extracted from those sources. Um, It can also be produced synthetically, as is the case for most of these energy drinks. And so uh, Christina mentioned uh, tea and coffee as more natural sources containing other beneficial uh, plant-related chemicals that you're not going to get from a monster energy drink. So I concur with her that it's better to get your caffeine from coffee, naturally brewed coffee, not to mention cheaper. Or tea, um, you 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 do experience a lot of benefits, and those beverages are actually really well researched because a lot of people drink them and have been drinking them for many many years. With regard to things like the Monster Energy drink, Christina gave us tip number one: if you're going to drink an energy drink, make sure it's zero calorie, no sugar, because that's the worst thing in any of these carbonated, processed beverages is the the sugar content. So if you're choosing a beverage. That's not water and not coffee or tea. At least make sure the beverage is calorie free and sugar free. Wouldn't you say, hon? Yes, and I said that. Yes, I was. <laughs> you did say that. Yes, that's why you're the expert, I and confirmed. I'm I'm the sidekick on this show. But I, I did want to distill that to be our our number one tip because I want to give the listeners tips to walk away with as well. So if you're not going to drink coffee, if you're not going to drink tea, if you're not going to drink water. Choose something that's that's sugar-free. On top of that, there is a, a lot of people out there that are going to tell you that these diet beverages are, are bad for you as well, that there are aspects of these diet beverages. And it usually comes down to two things, and I'm going to throw these at my wife and get her thoughts on these. The first is the artificial colorings. So um, Diet Coke is brown. Where does that brown come from? It's not a naturally occurring brown. What are the artificial colorings that are being used in in the variety of diet beverages. And then number two is the artificial sweeteners. Artificial sweeteners get a terrible rap. Um, And there is, I have heard, Chris, what you mentioned, that artificial sweeteners still have a insulinogenic impact, which means you drink them. And even though there's no sugar, they still cause your body to secrete insulin. The theory is that if your body secretes insulin, especially in the absence of sugar, that will drive your blood sugars down. Once your blood sugars go down, in response, you will become hungry. Hypoglycemia creates hunger. So when you go low, when your blood sugar goes low, you, you respond by with a hunger impulse. The body says, ooh, blood sugar's low. I need to bring that up. And so hormones uh, are secreted that influence your, your hunger and your satiety, and you seek out um, foods to eat. And that can be bad down the line because you wind up eating sugary foods or caloric foods. Christina, what do you think about that particular theory that is going around the internet, that sugar, that, uh, sugar-free beverages make you fat nonetheless by encouraging you to eat more vis-a-vis excess secretion of insulin? Yeah, I I think that's like a lot of the myths. It's just not supported by research. So there might have been like one study maybe that had some potential effect of of that theory, mm-hmm. but research has not con- you know conclusively supported it, and they've more more so not. Um, debunk that myth that it's not true that it does which makes sense like when you eat a sugar it causes a reaction in your pancreas which Mm -hmm. that's why you know you end up releasing insulin like this it's this full chemical 
system. Your body yeah. isn't, you know, it, it's, it's not stupid or system. smart. It, it reacts to compounds. It reacts to chemicals. It has these very specific reactions. Yeah. So like it, it, that theory just doesn't even make sense. It's like your body's not going to get tricked by you having a sugar sub. So that, that just hasn't stood up against research. I would agree that the, uh, the research just isn't there to support that uh, sugar substitute is going to um, result in the hypo. It might have some other maybe psychological effects like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm drinking a zero calorie. That means I could have a little bit more here or there or there yeah. might be something else. That's another po- popular theory. Yeah, tied to it. Um, but that's not directly related to the effect that the sugar has, has in our body. Is it nonetheless still possible to overconsume sugar substitutes? I mean, is that, is it still something that even though these sugar substitutes are generally recognized as safe, is it still something that we should try to limit? I mean, is it the general, um, a position in like the realm of dietitians and the research is that, you're generally completely safe to consume the sugar subs. Studies have been done on the sugar subs in amounts that you would never, ever, ever consume. Like they're very, very high amounts Mm -hmm. and there's been no negative consequences as a result of, of those amounts. Some people might be sensitive to this sugar or this sugar. It might result in a laxative effect in some people or some people might um, get a headache. And then that's just, you might have some physiological sensitivity to it. So you choose something else, but, um, Overall, they're safe products to consume. Okay. Strongly debunk that. So I guess when someone comes to you with a study and they say, oh, I saw this study where Splenda was really bad or aspartame was really bad because it gave these rats cancer. First of all, this is a rodent study. And and so Mm -hmm. the same results haven't been produced in humans. And then B, um, the study typically involves dosages of these sugar subs that are physiologically extremely improbable, if not impossible for humans to consume. Mm. Like you'd have to be taking aspartame straight by the kilogram. Like you'd have to put a pile of aspartame on your desk and then bury your face in it. Like you're Tony Montana and it's the end of Scarface. And even then they just haven't resulted in tumor formation. It just, it hasn't happened. Yeah. So what about, um, what about for people such as diabetics? I'm a diabetic. That's probably uh, largely connected to my love for Diet Coke and my refusal to drink beverages that do contain sugar. <laughs> now, the one thing with those diet beverages that I think research is starting to um, come out with is the effect on the microbiome in, mm, in the gut. And that's so interesting. I, so I think Diet Coke also... Jason and Chris, I do agree that he drinks too much Diet Coke, but um, <laughs> thank you for that. And any of those diet beverages that have a lot of a, a large, a long list of chemicals, I think research is just starting to understand what impact that has on the microbiome. And then the microbiome has a lot of yeah, you know, the, the implications of the microbiome are tremendous with regard to health mm-hmm. and even obesity. Um, you may have heard some of that, Chris, like how people talk about the bacteria in the gut. Yeah. And it's kind of an emerging science. It's very fascinating for That's us because it's like this is new ground that they're breaking and that we're learning about it in school at university and that professionals like Christina continue. I'm not learning in school right now. No, you're not. But what I was going to say is professionals like Christina have <laughs> continuing education that then uh, teaches them about these new findings that yeah. you might use that in your own practice. <laughs> so maybe tip number two for folks is to 
regardless of the general recognition of safety of some of these sugar substitutes, to still proceed with caution as far as how much you consume because there is emerging research that the the gut biome, the bacteria in our gut is typically beneficial, but depending on on what exactly your your, your makeup is, that might sway your health one way or the other. So some of the research was indicating that obese people have a different uh, breakdown of of gut microbes than maybe slender people did, and that um, they're even looking at doing things like fecal transplants to replace good bacteria, mm-hmm. the bad bacteria with good bacteria. But it's not related to sugar subs. It's not. It's not. But but how sugar subs and other beverages might impact the gut biome. Like if I were to consume something that had artificial sweeteners, knowing that those artificial sweeteners are okay for my blood sugar, and they're not going to exacerbate my diabetic condition, but knowing that maybe um, they would over long periods of time and excess consumption maybe have a negative impact on my gut microbiome, causing me to maybe skew more towards a higher BMI, would it still be a, would it still be wise for me to kind of limit my intake and try to still consume more water than Diet Coke, for instance? <laughs> what did I, I say? I, well, <laughs> the, there's no research like pointing at that to no, date. So no. I guess I'm just thinking it's like, you know, going down that path of saying with caution. I mean, I'd rather see somebody drinking Splenda or um, Equal in their beverages right now in research right now supports the safety, supports that that can be a component of helping people lose weight and diabetes and all this stuff. And there's no like conclusive outcomes at this point yet. So I would hate to be like, be careful with what you're drinking. This might or this may or may not prove to have an impact on your microbiome. So it's kind of like... And yet you say, I drink too much Diet Coke. Yeah, because of the the chemicals in in Diet Coke, though, that has a, that's I feel like that's a little bit more progressive in that. I think they've looked at that a little bit with the microbiome, but I, I don't. I, I still think I don't know either on that. So, for a practical take home, we're going to recommend that people try to consume mostly water for overall good health. That's a general right? recommendation. That's a yeah. good general recommendation, and that is in keeping with the academy, right? Mm-hmm. Just to try to choose water. Mm-hmm. To choose things like tea or coffee over uh, milk, yeah. But I, what I mean is for caffeine, milk doesn't have caffeine. Oh, doesn't so have caffeine. for like a caffeine-containing uh, beverage, since that's our topic, we we would rather see people as dietitians, as dietetic practitioners, we would rather see people choose tea or coffee. But if they do choose a energy drink, to try to choose one that is sugar-free and calorie-free. Mm-hmm. One one thing too is that when I stopped drinking that stuff, after a few days, the desire or the craving to, to drink it was almost gone. Like I don't have a desire to drink soda anymore. I really don't have that craving for Monster anymore. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand to maybe what you were saying with the gut biome that like it's almost maybe resetting itself now with the intake of water versus the intake of processed things and, and things of that nature too. So I mean, I mean, like, uh, I don't even, it's not even really a struggle for me anymore. Like the first, I went through three hard days, like, like, you know, a crackhead in rehab. But (laughs) after that, after that passed, I don't really want it anymore. Yeah. The habituation to certain types of foods is definitely like that's with caffeinated beverages. 
caffeine is a drug and, and it is addictive as such. So um, people do experience withdrawals from dropping caffeine, but replacing it with coffee like you've done or tea um, can be a good way to kind of um, switch that out and not not suffer the withdrawal effects of caffeine. Um, but the habituation is also kind of a, it, it's a behavioral thing too, right, Christine? I mean, it's not just physical addiction. You get used to... And maybe they put something else in those drinks. Mm, like what? I don't know. Maybe there's some other addictive compound yeah. or something in there that you had to break. There's to something in there. With. She's going Alex Jones on you. She's going yeah, Alex Jones. Alex Jones yeah. <laughs> Turning the frogs gay. That's probably another reason why it's good to, you know, just stick with uh, homebrewed coffee, homebrewed tea. It's a, a heck of a lot cheaper. So caffeine, again, not a bad thing. We're not here to tell you to quit drinking caffeine. Um, within moderation. Within moderation. That's a point actually that Christina mentioned that we didn't really, we haven't covered yet. And I do want to, I do want to encourage people to try to moderate your caffeine consumption. Um, you do not want to find out that you have a cardiac arrhythmia by dying. Overconsumption is still a possibility and can have some uh, negative effects on things like your heart rate and your blood pressure in high enough quantities. So stress, anxiety, lack of sleep, yes. insomnia, shakes, you, a whole lot of stuff. You mentioned lack of sleep. Maybe want- diarrhea. Maybe die. Ooh, yeah, the fun one. That's good. <laughs> in in terms of caffeine, Chris, do you know what the half life of caffeine is? I don't. Excellent. I would like to tell you and everybody listening: the half life of caffeine is six hours. What that means in practical terms is that if you drink a beverage that contains two hundred milligrams of caffeine, in six hours your blood levels will be one hundred. So the half life of caffeine is six hours. So however much caffeine that you take in. That caffeine, half that caffeine will still be active in your blood and exerting its effect on you six hours later. So everybody who's taking in caffeine, please keep that in mind as well. We want you to get proper sleep. And so if you're having caffeine before bed, keep in mind that caffeine is still, half of that caffeine is still going to be there in six hours. So if you're drinking a coffee, even at 2 p.m., if you have 150 milligrams of caffeine in that coffee, which is a fairly standard average for a cup of coffee, Six hours later, at 8 p.m., you've still got 75 migs of caffeine active in your body because it does take time for your body to metabolize and excrete caffeine. How do you feel about that, Han? I agree. I felt like I was reading that out of a textbook. <laughs> Maybe that's why when I drank uh, two 16-ounce Monsters uh, at 7 and 8.30 at night, I don't go to bed till 3 a.m. That would definitely yeah. be a big contributor. Yeah. So weird. So strange. That's uh, well, I am slash was totally completely chemically dependent. So I mean, like that's mm-hmm. how I come up. I do the show. I chew on my little CBD gummies, and that's how I come down. I see. Yeah. Well, for for folks out there who may be having issues with sleeping, uh, really just try to either consume your caffeine earlier. Like what I would have told you, Chris, if you were still consuming caffeine on Friday night, my my practical advice to you would be to try to cut the caffeine consumption down. Like try to get that two monsters down to one monster. That way, again, your body takes time to work this caffeine out. And by consuming less, you'll help your body speed up getting it out of there and getting restful sleep. So keep in mind your half-lives when you plan on going to bed that evening and and try to plan accordingly with your caffeine consumption. Um, uh, Consuming a moderate amount is probably healthy. Um, It's not reason to never drink a diet soda again. But there's probably some pretty good health reasons why maybe you'll want to limit your your monster and your diet coke intake. Just drink some water. 
Yeah, just mm-hmm. drink some water. Be like Lunchbox, drink some water, lose 11.8 pounds, hit the top of the leaderboard, and be <laughs> sexy as fuck. It's about a lifestyle change, baby. Come on, this is for the long term. And and as such, uh, it really it has to be something that you can maintain. I mean, whatever diet you're doing, if it makes you miserable, you're not going to be able to do it for the years that it really does take to improve your health. You don't gain 50 pounds in a month. You don't lose 50 pounds in a month. It really is lifestyle that's going to impact that. Well, that was something that you said to me that I kind of I kind of keep with me now too, even and that when I was going through those difficult days, I was talking to you about it and I was explaining to you what I was doing and you were like, listen, don't just because somebody says that's the best thing to do or that this is the best way to approach this or this is the best, you know, whatever, don't worry about what's the best for them worry about what's the best for you. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's right. So if, you know, I should worry about more how I'm feeling and this shouldn't make me miserable. And Mm -hmm. I've kind of took that and ran with it. And here we are. Well, if I said it, then they must be wise words. Exactly. Exactly. Sage advice from Lord Almy. I think it's probably something I heard from Christina actually that I've been (laughs) passed on. Are you Uh, your wife? Is she, is she pulling the strings in this, in this operation? I thought that was rather clear. I doubt that. (laughs) <laughs> well thank you very much mr lunchbox uh why don't you tell the people where they can reach you if they want to learn more about the hashtag no offense show podcast we are on the internet and everywhere in the known universe at htnos just google those five letters and you will find me you will find uh, my lovely wife you will find my other co-host and hopefully we can make you smile Hashtag no offense is definitely going to make you smile. Go check out the show. Uh, This episode of the Slimmer Circle was brought to you by the Inner Circle Podcast Network. That is the network that hosts hashtag no offense, Mr. Chris Wetzke, who is our guest today. That is the network that hosts Shit Happens When You Party Naked. That's Team Almy's main podcast. If you want more of us, go check out Shit Happens When You Party Naked. Listen to some of our other episodes. We got some killers on, on the Inner Circle Podcast Network as well. We do. Riles Trudy from the Plunger Rooney. So go listen to the Plunge podcast. <laughs> Simmons and more. Ah, 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 ah. Simmons and more. You can't do much better than Simmons and more. We also got the Hood Diner, man. If you if you if you dig that kind of thing, if you dig the greenery, and if you dig the uh, hip hop music, you're gonna love the Hood Diner. We love those guys. DJ Century, the one and only Kaz. What's good, y'all? Check those podcasts out. Uh, we'll catch you next week on some more lovely health tip. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thank you very much, Christina. You're welcome. You're my favorite, Chris's. Thanks for having me, brother. And you as well, Lady Elmy. Mm-hmm. Always nice to talk to you, Chris. If you drop a F bomb, it's okay. It's just your per- professional credibility, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Never go full Jason. <laughs>she was sleeping but I, I i filled up a really big one of those really big plastic beer mugs like the ones that hold 40 ounces with ice water and i i threw it on her i'm gonna get it later that is literally what i'm drinking right now nice ice water's good for you buddy and that's what we're here to talk about today i've been drinking so much water dude you know he didn't do that yeah i didn't throw any water on my wife that would be no, he didn't. I mean, like one of the last things i did in my in this life yeah yeah, you can only believe maybe 13% of what Jason Almy says. I'd be single again. I know. I ran into that last week, and no one believed me that Sean Connery was the first Bond because I'm just so full of shit otherwise that everyone's like, no. 
I was laughing so hard because you were sitting there so smug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I like to smugly preen sometimes. But don't fuck with me on Bond shit because I know, I know James Bond shit. I've been watching James Bond my whole life. Google it with your smart machines. <laughs>